When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, welcome to The Grid, talking college football this hour on Football Full Circle. Thanks for joining us. So uh, we're gonna, I'm joined here by George Kurtz and Rich Germanello. Uh, first of all, Rich, how you doing, bud? Good to see you again this week. Doing great, man. Just uh, enjoying a summer weekend, warm here on the East Coast. But, uh, yeah, excited to be with you guys. Yeah, good time. So you can find Rich. Uh, he's co-host of College Football Today. You'll find him during the college football season uh, every Saturday on College Football Today, along with Joe Lisi, and find him on Twitter uh, currently at Rich Cirminello. That's C I R M I N I E L L O. So uh, let's get into some of the major stories that uh, are occurring uh, this week, and and two of them jumped out to me for the same exact reason. The first is that Dave Clawson, head coach at Wake Forest, Rich, has decided to quarantine from his family this season, notably because his wife, Catherine, is a cancer survivor. So she's dealing with uh, obviously a very compromised immune system. Uh, Clawson said doctors told Catherine that due to her reduced white blood cell count, she's at a higher risk for complications should she contract COVID-19. She underwent chemo and radiation treatments for breast cancer in 2017. But this football camp is going to open on July 12th. There's obviously been some shifting around of dates uh, for college football. So within a couple of weeks, Rich, he won't see his wife for the remainder of the season, at least in person, in close proximity. Yeah, I I mean, this really does shed a light on this situation, doesn't it? Uh, You know, the fact that a coach uh, could conceivably not be with his wife for uh, half a year. I mean, because you're talking about potentially into January, if we're talking bowl season at a minimum, and I think Wake Forest is a six and six, seven and five type of a bowl team this year, you're talking about a five 
to six month stint where he's not going to be with his wife. And, you know, for me, when I saw that story, Mike and George, one of the things that came to mind, you, you know, you talk to a lot of fans, uh, a lot of people who are obviously passionate about this sport and want it to begin on time uh, and last throughout the season. And the one thing that I've heard a lot recently is these are healthy 20 year old kids. You know, can we stop worrying about they're, they're not going to die uh, they're probably not going to get it. if they're going to get it. It's sniffles. It's a mild flu and so on and so forth. But, you know, this is a chess game with COVID. You've got to be thinking ahead beyond just these players, because these players now are going to be in close proximity with coaches, with teachers, with administrators, with the public in general. So it's possible that, yes, they're asymptomatic or, yes, they have very mild sy symptoms, but if they're able to transmit this disease, you now have someone like Dave Clawson's wife who could be severely impacted uh, by that infection. That's really the story here. It's beyond the 20-year-olds who, yes, I do believe are largely safe when it comes to COVID, uh, but, but not necessarily the people they come in contact with. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Look, Zeke Elliott in the NFL, he had it. Um, he said he felt symptomatic for a couple of days, really felt more like a cold. To you and I, it would be like, oh, Zeke's got a cold, no big deal. You wouldn't avoid somebody that had a cold. But that isn't, George, what we're talking about here. Rich does bring up the point that we're not worried necessarily about the players. And look, there's always going to be one-off cases where somebody that's a young, talented, healthy athlete could get really sick from it. But that isn't the major concern. It is about this. It is about the coach's wife, the uh, locker room attendant, the security guard that comes in contact with somebody closely that ends up getting really sick. Administrative people, executives, whatever you want to talk about from college and pro, that is the people that we're ultimately worried about. That's because people only have, people have tunnel vision. They're just thinking about the players. Yes, odds are the players won't get it. And if they do, it'll be an Ezekiel Elliott situation because they are young, they are in great shape. It'll be a cold to them. They'll shake it off in a couple of weeks, whatever it might be, and they'll be fine. But as the Coach Clawson says, he deals with 110 to 120 players and 50 staff. All right, those people are going to be going all around, all around. They're not all going to be quarantined, and they're going to be affecting other people. That's the problem that nobody seems to understand here. They're just thinking about the players. All oh, the players will be fine. And by the way, not all, not all youngsters are fine. Once yeah. again, wife's a nurse. She'd be more than happy to tell you that young people have died from this. It does happen. If you have other, generally, if you're healthy, yeah, you're going to be fine. But if you have any kind of underlying condition, including conditions you may not even know about. Yeah, exactly. You could have problems. We, we heard in sports all the time. Oh, a guy got hit in the chest. Oh, he died. And like, like I think of this a lot of times because people, there are athletes out there playing college football, playing the NFL, for example, that are diabetic, right? But that is a, that is and an ailment, a, an affliction that could impact the way that you deal with this virus, right? So to you and I, to everybody else, uh, the guy takes insulin shots every day, but he's fine. He goes out, he plays NFL games, or he plays college football. But contracting this virus could impact in a far different way, George. Yeah, people just don't see that. It's the underlying cause that are the problem. Yes, if you're a healthy male or female, for that matter, you're probably going to be fine. At that, at that age, you know, 18, 19, 20, you're probably going to shake it off. No big deal. But it's those causes that you don't know about. That's what hits you. It's why we talked earlier, Mike. Anybody who didn't want to play, I have no problem with that. 
You don't want to risk your life. Hey, I don't think anybody should be blamed at all. But we're not thinking about the coaches. We're not thinking about the, you know, the outlying people. You only think about players. You have to think about the other people. Coaches generally are older. Certainly older than 1820. Generally, I would say they're at least double that. And some much older than that. They're going to be the ones whose percentages will go up. And even if they don't, if they don't get it, they're fine. They could transmit to other people in their family. Or when they go, once again, they go shopping, food shopping, clothes shopping, car shopping, whatever it might be. And you're transferring it there. When they go to the bank, when they go to the post office, it just goes on and on and on forever. Where you're transferring it to people who aren't 18, 19, 20 and won't have a problem with it. Yeah. So uh, last thing on Clausen, quote, when I'm working on a daily basis, coaching 110 to 120, player, 120 players and having a staff of 50. Think about that. Staff of 50. I don't know how I could come home and I honestly tell my wife I couldn't have come in contact with uh, the no. coronavirus. I love coaching, but I love my wife more. There's no way I'm going to do anything that would put her at risk. It's really interesting. He, he was faced with a, a difficult choice. This is the way they're going to choose to go about it. I, I think coaches' wives make a lot of sacrifices, and this is yet another one. So um, another story in this same vein is Penn State coach James Franklin telling HBO's Real Sports that his family will stay in Florida while he coached, of all the places to have to stay, while he coaches this season yeah. because of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh -huh. Franklin, his wife, and his two daughters have been in their own quarantine since March. His youngest daughter, who is 12, has sickle cell disease, a blood disorder that puts her at risk for complications from the virus. So he said it's the right thing to do for his daughter. There was a lot of tears, a lot of emotion having this conversation with my daughters. Uh, so a lot of heartache over it. Uh, so they're staying at home in Florida, which is obviously suffering from its own spikes in, in the virus at the moment. But they're uh, clearly going to try to stay safe there while he comes back to Happy Valley to coach. So it's crazy, but I admit for if there's anything after I make seven different qualifications, it makes sense that he would do this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this really does highlight, guys, just the new world order that we're facing. And, and this is long before we even get to that point where, you know, you're going to have contact uh you're gonna have sweat going all over the place what 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 do we do with um you know mac brown is one of the oldest coaches in college football frank solich is 75 right. coach of the ohio bobcats i think i meant to mention last week you have a pretty high percentage of coaches now who are over 60 conceivably healthy but think about what happens when you're on the field hugging players high-fiving players um that sort of close contact when you have sweating, dripping with sweat players during the course of a game or a practice in the summer, uh, I, I'm not trying to frighten people. And, and I think anyone in this business, a lot of my peers have been hammered on social media because bringing up reality, bringing up fact, bringing up what administrators are going to face uh, throughout the month of July and August as they try to prepare for a season in college football in the NFL, people will say, you guys are doom and gloom. You guys are rooting against the season, which is patently ridiculous. There's nothing more yeah. than I want than to celebrate football, just like you guys do, uh, both because it's our industry and because we're fans. But these are realities. I'm burying my head in the sand right now and denying the fact that we haven't even gotten to a second wave when it comes to coronavirus. We are still in the first wave as this is spiking throughout parts of the country Wednesday is July the 1st. This is looking pretty precarious right now. That's not doom and gloom, guys. That's fact.
Yeah. Uh, and George, I, I think Rich hit a lot of important points there. I, I just think that there are so many components to this, the elderly coaches, positional coaches, other people that uh, are going to come in contact with players like this. I think Dave Clawson said it right. I, I'm coaching 110 guys. I have a staff of 50. Uh, I'll say this too, relaying a story. I'm, uh, I watch English Premier League soccer. Uh, I'm a fan of Chelsea, which everybody hates unless you're a Chelsea fan. But I, they had a, this big match against Manchester City. Chelsea wins, and it helps Liverpool win the title. The reason I bring it up is watch the whole match, and I watch their interactions after the game where there were no fans uh, in London, in West London, where they play. And they, they were kind of elbow-bumping, and then I see another camera shot, and there's a couple of high fives. There's a little half hug. And it is just sort of standard operating procedure that you're going to celebrate like that. It was a huge match. And I don't see any way that the players cannot interact that way. So when everybody's together, it's just going to travel around. They're not going to, they're not, they're just not going to follow all these rules. And I don't blame them. I'm not criticizing them. It's the, it's the reason you play sports. It's a, it's a, it's this conjugal celebration scenario. And I, I don't know what else to say. I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Refrain from doing it. Well, think about football. All right, I, I get it in baseball where you can say, okay, no more high-fiving, you know, whatever. You can eliminate all of that, right? Because generally you don't have much contact in baseball. So you should be able to do that. Football, if you tell me you're going to penalize players for giving a high-five, but it's okay for 20 guys to be in on a tackle, how does that make any sense? Yeah. All right, it makes no sense. You can't, you can't legalize it out in football. You just can't. You're going to have to live with it. I mean, I'll say it again. Uh, what Malcolm Jenkins said is very true. Football is non-essential. If not for the money, none of these sports would be playing. And I want baseball to be played. I want hockey to be played. I certainly want football to be played. I love it. Love them all. I want to watch. I want to be entertained. This show is called Football Full Circle. We're obviously huge fans right. and investors. We get paid this. for this. Okay, we want to watch. We, we, we gamble. We make money. Fantasy leagues. They do all of this. I want the games to be played. But if we were doing it right, they would all be canceled. It's only for the money these things bring in. And I listen, I do think they'll help help society get healthier again because you all want to watch the games. We'll feel better. Talk of the water cooler, stuff like that. But if you're talking about the, what's the right thing to do for the country, it's not playing these games. Yeah. So luckily we still have some more time. But we'll, we'll talk about some other topics after this on The Grid. We'll come right back with more football full circle. It's Mike, Rich, and George after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. 
Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. We're back here on FFC. Get on the grid. Please follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, on Instagram at SportsGridTV. Follow Rich at Rich Germanello, George at George Kurtz, Mike at Mike Blewett. Make it nice and easy. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about something Rich and I were kicking around uh, during the week. And I, I think this is a kind of a fun exercise for him to walk us through. And it's teams that are kind of ready to make a leap from being a pretty good, good team, had a decent season, to somebody that can really potentially win a division, win a conference, making that big leap towards double-digit wins. Even though we've added more games over the years, Rich, getting to double-digit wins is still mm -hmm. a big deal. Um, and there's a bunch of teams here on uh, that I came up with a list of, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. We, we have a few that qualify in the ACC. I, I would not say that Wake Forest eight wins last year are going to translate to 10 this year, but we have a trifecta of teams, one of whom you've mentioned in previous shows, maybe two of whom you've mentioned in previous shows, in Virginia Tech, Pitt, and Louisville all had eight wins last year. And I know you feel like there's positive momentum, at least for a couple of them. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, you know, just mathematics alone, it's going to be difficult for all three to reach yeah. that. But I, but I really do like all three of these programs. I've been accused guilty as charged. I, I am all over Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm not a Pittsburgh alum. Uh, used to be, you know, a rival of my Seton Hall Pirates uh, years ago. Yeah. Um, I love defense. You know, there are things I look at. I, I talked about it last week. I'm going to hammer it again, especially for people who like to gamble on season winning totals. Pitt is at six and a half right now. Uh, they're going to comfortably get over six and a half. I legitimately think eight and five last year, uh, I think this has the potential to be a 10-win team, one of the five best defenses in the country. Uh, I listed this week uh, Pittsburgh as the single best defensive line in the entire country, 130 schools in the FBS, by the way. Uh, no one better than Pittsburgh. Outstanding secondary. Senior quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Five starting offensive linemen back. And a coach in Pat Narduzzi who has been there for a while. I see a lot of chemistry in that locker room. And, and that's something, too, that we'll talk a lot about in July and August, guys. With all of the weird, unexpected scenarios, those veteran teams, those teams yeah. that have cohesiveness, hard for us to pinpoint. I think Pitt is one of them. Those teams that have that level of maturity really could go a long way because these are unorthodox situations. So I like a lot of the ACC. Louisville, for me, quickly phenomenal offense. This team will go for as far as the defense will carry them. Scott Satterfield, their head coach, enters his second season. Mike Cunningham, 
at quarterback, Javian uh, Hawkins at running back, and Tutu Atwell at wide receiver, one of the best triplets on offense in the entire country. And Virginia Tech has the defense, and the special teams usually did under Frank Beamer, finally might have a quarterback for Justin Fuente to take them to another level on Hendon Hooker. So I like the ACC. It gets knocked a lot. I think there's a lot of talent on both sides of that uh, conference this year. You know, Rich, you brought up something there that I want to hit on. I'm a big believer that in the NFL, teams that are haven't undergone big changes this offseason will have an advantage, yeah. right? Because, once again, no mini camps. You brought up that pit. I don't think it was Pitt that had, they have a lot of seniors returning. How big of an advantage do you think that is in college football to have seniors returning, juniors returning? Once again, uh, players who know the system, who know what's going on, know how to get prepared for a game rather than having an influx of freshmen and sophomores. And George, is a great point. I, I think it's always big one season to the next to have that kind of senior leadership, that maturity, that continuity from one year to the next, but more so – this year, NFL, no minicamp, college, no spring football. So, you know, in, in college football, spring ball is an opportunity for incoming freshmen or redshirt freshmen to get acclimated to the speed of the game. It's for those new starters, whether it's quarterback or anywhere, anywhere else on the two deep, to have that opportunity to play like a first teamer. It's for new staff members to get used to that personnel. When you have a program like Pitt that had very little staff change, again, Pat Narduzzi uh, has been there for, for five or six years for Pittsburgh, senior quarterback, senior offensive line, uh, defense littered with upperclassmen. Now more than ever, those types of teams are going to have a distinct advantage. Think about schools uh, all of the programs, the two dozen or so guys that that have first-year head coaches that had no spring football, they have yet to have a practice with those players. They're going to be thrust into that situation, uh, hopefully, in the next five or six weeks where uh, fall camp begins. That limited time to work with those players, I think, is a really big disadvantage for those first-year coaches. Yeah, so uh, agreed. And and one school that comes up a lot in our conversations because uh, the hot seat and everything else associated with it is USC. But uh, I'll have you talk about them. But the eight win teams in the Pac-12 last year were USC, Washington, now on a new coach, uh, Arizona State, shout out to Herm Edwards, and then Cal. So of those teams, I think you're feeling relatively positive about USC despite the pressure. How about anybody else there? Yeah, I, I mean, like, let, let's not forget that uh, when you're talking about pressure, Mike, obviously talking about Clay Helton, I, yeah. I, I think it's it's win or or move on. We've talked in the past about Mike Bone, uh, new athletic director, comes from Cincinnati, new athletic director at USC. Clay has been up and down. But let's not forget, I mean, this is a head coach who, who has won a Pac-12 title. I know that is the expectation for USC, but... Uh, he has not been a bum as a head coach for USC. He just hasn't really reached that expectation, that level that Pete Carroll had for such a long period of time. I'm looking at USC guys strictly from a talent perspective. They have the best quarterback in the conference. Keaton Slovis uh, came and just really exploded onto the scene as a true freshman last year. Uh, top 10 skill position talent uh, in the country particularly at wide receiver, tremendous amount of talent. Uh, defense has some young players uh, you know, that I think Drake Jackson in particular on the outside uh, defensive end. They have a lot of talent defensively. Uh, 
I think this team, just in terms of personnel, Washington's going to be down. Uh, Oregon is up but has to replace Justin Herbert. Utah, which is always feisty, has a lot of turnover on both sides of the ball. So I think the opportunity is there strictly from, from a talent, from a roster standpoint. I, I think Clay has the, the parts to, to win 10 games this year. Rich, how about some teams that uh, maybe we don't hear about all that often, some teams that aren't on the tip of your tongue that might make that next that next jump to double-digit wins? I mean, like, listen, they, they, they've been on the tip of our tongue because of their head coach. So I, I'm not suggesting that that Oklahoma State is is off the radar, but but they've obviously lived for a long period of time in the shadow, in their own state, uh, the shadow of Oklahoma, in the conference, in the shadow of Texas. Uh, but besides all the off-field histrionics, Mike Gundy, I think, purely as a football coach, has done a really nice job. I, I mean, they always have outstanding offensive talent. Now this year, they have some parts on defense, too. One of the better safety tandems in the country, led by Colby Harvell Peel. Uh, they, they, have, they have the ability to get after the quarterback. They create turnovers. And offensively, last year started a freshman in Spencer Sanders. He got injured, didn't get a chance to develop at the end of the season. He comes back for his sophomore year. And again, keeping it on skill position talent, the combination of Chuba Hubbard at running back, Tylen Wallace at wide receiver is about as good as anyone outside of Tuscaloosa. So, you know, it we talk a lot about locker room and distractions and we know what happened with Mike Gundy and Mike Gundy and Chuba Hubbard uh, and the Oklahoma state community. If he can keep a cohesive locker room, again, I think the talent in Stillwater uh, could really lead the Cowboys to 10 wins and, and possibly even a big 12 title. There was thoughts that Wallace might actually enter the draft last year. So he's back, obviously uh, a big boost for them coming back. You did mention Texas during uh, talking about Oklahoma State, are they are they also the candidate to take this Tom Herman make that leap for them get them to double digit wins? There's a lot of we're talking about a lot of historic programs that are, are just going to have high expectations based on who they are, right? In yep. USC and Texas, so uh, the pressure the pressure cooker is turned up high once you take one of those jobs. So I'm not crying my beer for either of them, but it is somewhat unfair the second they take that job. But can Texas do it? as opposed to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, Texas has got the quarterback in, in Sam Ellinger. And, you know, when, when you're the Texas Longhorns and you are still the biggest, the best, the, the, the most known program in the state of Texas, that fertile recruiting ground, uh, you should not have a problem attracting talent. That has not been a problem going back to the Mac Brown days. It's a That's a great city. That's the issue. It's yeah, a great it's city, a, too. It's one of my favorite cities in the entire country. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to play – football or basketball or baseball, for that matter, uh, for the Longhorns. So, you know, that's not the issue. Uh, Tom Herman is an outstanding coach, uh, proved it at Houston, proved it as an assistant uh, for Ohio State. He has the track record. Uh, but in the past, Tom Herman's, uh, his calling card was his ability to pull upsets. Now that he's one of the big dogs in the Big 12, he has to be the program that has the target on his chest. And he has to get to the point where Lincoln Riley is, where Bob Stoops was at Oklahoma. Uh, I don't think that's asking too much. I really don't. And, you know, in terms of blue blood programs, the USC's, the Texas's, I'm not talking about 
win national championships, national championships every three or four years, but you got to be winning conference titles. And so Texas with senior quarterback Sam Ellinger, Jordan Whittington, their, their uh, exciting young running back, is healthy this year. Caden Stearns, their best defensive player, missed most of last season at safety. He is back. I don't think they have top 10 in the nation talent guys, but the Big 12 is still kind of light. I think that's why you see a Baylor under Matt Rule step up and, and darn near win a Big 12 title, got to the Big 12 title game last year. So I, I think having high expectations for, for Tom Herman is is really not asking too much, especially with, with Sam Ellinger under center. Richard, you've got about a minute and a half here. How about the teams like Buffalo, Wyoming, any other teams you want to talk about? Uh, Temple, K-State. Yeah, I, I like Buffalo. I've said it a lot. Uh, Jared Patterson at running back. Uh, Lance Leopold, their head coach, has done an outstanding job. Uh, I've looked at a lot of units this offseason, keeping it in the group of five. I think you have to separate power five, group of five. There's a there's a real distinction between those uh, uh, those two areas of college football. Buffalo has one of the best bookends in the entire country from the group of five standpoint. Uh, they really get after the quarterback. Uh, Brian Borland, their defensive coordinator, does an underrated job. So I think Buffalo is one of those programs that could step up and win the MAC. And it's interesting you bring up Wyoming. I've been told all week I'm not giving a lot of enough love to the Wyoming defensive line. So this is a good opportunity to change that. All right, good stuff. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the offensive lines in college football that can help dominate, protect those quarterbacks, and. Uh, maybe bust out a running back for 2,000 yard season. We'll come back with Rich right after this on the grid. SportsGrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. 
Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Back on FFC, Mike. Rich and George talking about the top offensive lines in college football and Rich and I think when we get into discussions like this it really kind of starts at some of these top players first right and then it, it builds out from there obviously the cohesive units are are many oftentimes stronger than the uh, the sum are greater than the individual parts right uh, we saw Michigan last year had all five of their offensive linemen either get drafted or signed to a team. Um, so th- they obviously proved to be a really worthy group. But you, I know we've talked about Oregon a whole bunch this offseason, but uh, their tackle, Sewell, is one of the guys that's really going to lead the way in terms of draft status next year. But that unit as a whole seems to be one of the top ones in college football, yes? Well, the individual is, um, you know, Panay Sewell for for people who uh, don't wind up watching college football really should. I mean, this is one of those rare offensive line talents that um, uh, I I think guys will be a top five overall pick, uh, absolutely dominant in his first two seasons uh, at a level that I haven't seen in the past five to 10 years. Uh, He's that good. He's nasty, physical. Uh, gets to the second level very quick, outstanding athleticism. Now he's going to have to take on more of a leadership role because Oregon did lose a lot of players uh, to the NFL draft and to graduation. So uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, the parallel for me, guys, is is Georgia. And I had put out a tweet last week uh, ranking what I thought were the best offensive lines and uh, got a lot of heat from Georgia fans who were like, you know, we, you know, we're, yeah, as, you, as you would expect. Uh, Georgia fans, I, you'll, the second team will surprise you. We'll get to it, I think, in this segment. But there was one other group of fans that shocked me at how pissed they were, and their team was was listed by me. But nonetheless, Georgia's another program like, uh, like Oregon that lost so much to the NFL. Isaiah Wilson, Andrew Thomas. Uh, Cade Mage uh, starter transfers uh, from Athens to Knoxville. So, you know, you, you know that they recruit well, you know that they coach well. But to your point, Mike, I at this time of year, I like to celebrate those programs that have the cohesive units, have the upperclassmen, the returning starts. Uh, and there are a handful of programs that uh, that fit that criteria. Let me ask you, Rich, uh, in a general question here before we get uh, specific players, you're starting a team. And you want to start with the offensive line. Is it more important to you at the college level to have that left tackle or to have that center? Hmm. And does that change at the pro level? Yeah, I would go with uh, center at college. I would go left tackle in terms of pro. From from a, a management standpoint, George, from a leadership perspective in terms of uh, calling out signals, uh, making sure that the uh, O-line is lined up correctly, just being a leader of that huddle. Uh, I tend to think it's more important for the 18 to 22-year-old crowd. Uh, you know, and there are centers like Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Wisconsin always, Tyler Biotish last year, a good example of those kinds of players that, you know, they're so good at the pivot. 
not just in terms of uh, physical, but what they bring from an intangible and a mental standpoint. I love that great center in college, but you know the NFL game so predicated on on the passing attack, uh, so dictated by the franchise quarterback. I, I would lean towards a left tackle on Sundays. So Pro Football Focus last year uh, did the grades. By the way, Panay Sewell is was graded the highest had the greatest season in the history of pro football focus grading college offensive linemen Anything, graded yeah, it, and yeah. graded it 95 and a half. But Notre Dame had at, at three, maybe four different players grade in their top 30 offensive linemen uh, coming into this year. You got Liam Eichenberg, you have Aaron Banks, and then Robert Hainsey. So they obviously have a bunch of talent on this line. They've uh, clearly been pumping out uh, some pros in recent years. McGlinchey, uh, Quentin Nelson, your guy, who you said before that draft, he's a, a decade-long pro bowler, all-pro type of player, and that's proving to be correct thus far. So Notre Dame, with the rich history of offensive linemen, has a few more guys that are ready to get it done here. Yeah, no, you're right, Mike. It's a great setup. Um, you know, ND, uh, during the Brian Kelly era, has really sort of made a strong statement towards being O-line U in college football. You mentioned some of the names uh, the assistant coaches recruiting, they've done a really nice job of building that front wall for those backs uh, and for those ND quarterbacks. The reason why I think ND has the single best offensive line in the country entering 2020 is some of the names that you mentioned. And a couple of those kids like Eichenberg, uh, Banks and Hainsey all injured for parts or almost the entirety of last season. Hainsey did not finish the season. Now those guys come back healthy. So some of the kids who were thrust into starting positions now move back to the second team. And, you know, it's more than just that, that you know, Alex Leatherwood, Panay Sewell star power. It's that ability to have a rotation of linemen first team, second team that you could ro rotate in. And again, we talk about this year. I wonder about the durability. I wonder about uh, the conditioning. A lot of those kids having depth on your roster may be more important than ever in 2020 in light of what we've seen happen, spring football, uh, summer camp and so on. So Notre Dame at this stage, I think has the best and deepest offensive line in college football. One name I left out was Jared Patterson uh, on their line. So go ahead, George. Sorry. You should be sorry, Mike. How dare you interrupt? <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. We've seen the uh, New York Jets. They've, uh, made, they've made a truckload of offensive line moves this offseason. But generally, all these players, when you look at them individually, eh, 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 yeah. outside of the draft pick, right? They haven't been really not household names, not great guys. They're hoping the sum of the parts will play better than the individual pieces here. Is there a team in college football that is sort of the, uh, the same thing? Not on the top. You know, they're not going to have anybody on a top 10 list of this is best tackle, best guard, best center. But together could be one of the better offensive lines in football. Yeah, the one that comes to mind, and, and this was the program that I hinted a couple of minutes ago. I got a lot of heat. No, no, and I was actually proud of the fans for, for coming after me. I mean, unless they were, you know, just throwing expletives at me. That's uh, a whole different story. But Kentucky, a basketball school, you know, you, you think uh, Coach Cal and you think about, you know, uh, you know, Big Blue Nation basketball only. Kentucky football fans are fired up and they have a hell of an offensive line led by Darian Kennard. Now, Kennard might be that one signature player that you see day one, day two that gets drafted. But, 
you know, there's such a cohesiveness. There's so much maturity and experience that they're bringing back uh, to Lexington this year. This is one of those sort of surprise units that you look and say, Kentucky, you know, I mean, uh, you know, no Benny Snell, no Lynn Bowden, uh, you know, uh, I don't really care. This program has a true SEC offensive line. That's the one that really stands out to me as a, a, a bit of a surprise for the average college fan. And Luke Fortner, uh, one of the names on that line as well. How about uh, Air Force got a couple of guys on the PFF top 30, Parker Ferguson and then Nolan Laufenberg. So uh, I know it's triple option offense. It's not, it's a little bit, you're really grading these guys based on their ability to run block, right? There's not as much of a, a vertical passing offense, but they do have two guys here that I think in the ever the ever more complex manner of trying to, first of all, recruit kids onto campus to play a legitimate offensive line in anything other than a two-point stance, and then the transition from getting them to college to pro in anything other than a two-point stance. I think the service academies will, particularly Air Force, who's had really good athletes come out of there, will be able to have guys that can plug and play at the next level because they run the ball so much. Yeah, I I, uh, I also ranked uh, what I thought were the best group of five offensive lines in the country. I'm glad you brought up the Falcons, Mike, because that was number one for me. I have it Air Force out of the Mountain West, I have Appalachian State out of the Sun Belt as the two best group of five offensive lines. Air Force and Troy Calhoun, I, and, and really all of the uh, service academies, do a tremendous job of recruiting specific type of offensive linemen to block in that triple option. You know, they're not road graders. You know, you're not going to see Makai Becton or, or that type of offensive lineman. These are guys who are a little bit smaller, a little bit lighter, but so quick. They get to the second level and they can spring either the quarterback, the fullback, the A-back, the B-back for more yardage. And they don't pass a lot, but Donald Hammond did go up top more than usual for a service academy last year. And Air Force did lead the country with the fewest sacks allowed, just four. Now it's it's relative. They don't throw as much as other programs, but just so four, four sacks allowed. Like yeah, four sacks once also. every three games. If I had to guess, and I don't have the stats in front of me, Hammond probably threw about 130, 140 times, so it's still a pretty good number. Kim, with the, uh, the group as an offensive line theory, is there a team out there, Rich, where you're like, boy, if they just had an average offensive line, this team would be, my God, they'd be, they'd be a, a threat for the championship. Is there a team out there that rings a bell for you? It's a it's a great question. The one that instantly comes to mind, George, and I think about it not just for this year, but I think about over the past few years, there's one powerhouse uh, or supposed powerhouse that just can't figure out offensive line. That's Florida State. I, I it, It's so hard for me to fathom why the Seminoles, going back to the Jameis Winston day, uh, days, Jameis Winston would get his bell rung repeatedly and he was the franchise quarterback in Tallahassee. They have tried the junior college route. They have gotten transfer portal players. They obviously developed their own talent. And it's been a long time since the Seminoles have had a true road grader, an elite offensive lineman. They give up far too many sacks. So for Mike Norvell, Kenny Dillingham, 
that entire offensive staff, besides coaching up the skill guys, James Blackman at quarterback, Florida State has to figure out how to create space. Think about what happened last year for Cam Akers. Cam Akers, to me, is an elite running back, and I think he's going to be an outstanding NFL running back. Average less than four yards a carry. So I don't know what's going on in Tallahassee, but they got to do a better job of blocking. Uh, we almost got through this segment, but I'm going to blow our streak here. We didn't mention Alabama or Ohio State, so who's got the better group this year? Yeah, Alabama I have number two in the nation. I have Ohio State number six. Uh, Wyatt Davis uh, I think is the best offensive guard for Ohio State in the country. Alex Leatherwood, uh, I touched on Alabama has four returning starters, and Leatherwood looks like that next franchise left tackle for the Crimson Tide. The one I'm surprised we haven't mentioned, I thought you were going, is my number four offensive line in the country is your Boston College Eagles. Oh, man, we got to do a whole segment on that one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Hey everyone, closing out this edition of football full circle uh thanks to rich germanello always great co-host of college football today and providing us with a lot of good information on college football getting into the nitty-gritty today with offensive lines i thought that was fun so uh george want to talk some props close out this hour but first we have a a new story concerning one of your uh, players on your team that you were for in zeke Elliott. i don't own the team okay i have no piece of the cowboy i wish i did yeah yeah, me too. Me too. I'd root for them hard if I had a piece of that. <laughs> as hard as I could. This is this is disappointing. I mean, this, the story is Ezekiel Elliott apparently what is one of his dogs or three of his dogs got loose and they attacked uh, a pool maintenance worker 
in his backyard. I mean, I don't even know where to, be, where to begin with this. How do you not have your dogs on a leash when you have somebody around? I hear you. It's a, it's a horrible accident. This woman seems to be attacked pretty severely. Uh, Rottweiler and two other dogs were latching onto her arm, uh, required surgery. There's obviously a lawsuit involved. I don't know what kind of sanctions Zeke Elliott would see from a legal standpoint or from an NFL standpoint, if any. But the reality is he's being sued, certainly, uh, in civil court for this. Now, George, my thing that I said to you when you brought up the story during the break is if you have a pool cleaner, and Zeke Elliott obviously has this. He's signed a contract in excess of $50 million, right, guaranteed or in excess of $50 million. So if you have a pool cleaner, why can't you have a dog guy or woman also to take care of the dogs? It is a tragic accident. I try not to beat down athletes every time they're in the news over something ridiculous like this, but Zeke's always in the news for something ridiculous like this. So that's why I'm banging on him. Get somebody to take care of the dogs. If you have somebody to take care of the pool, have someone take care of the dogs. I'm not saying he wished this on anybody, but he's responsible. Oh, exactly. I'm not saying that Zeke meant to do this or he meant to harm the woman. But as you said, how are you not more responsible for this? Uh, apparently, from what we're reading here, uh, Animal Services looked into it, and the police officer and public spokesman for the uh, Frisco police said they investigated. No criminal charges were filed. I, I get it. It was on his property. But if you had this work, and the work, if the worker was there on the property by your permission, to do whatever she's doing for the pool, then you have to lock up the dogs. You can't be like, oh, it's my property. It's okay for them to roam around. And the, the dog was a Rottweiler. We're not talking a, uh, a poodle here. It was a Rottweiler. And you can, I college, know Rottweiler. In college, I lived off campus my junior year at BC. And we lived in a house. There's five of us. And up the block was a dog. This dog's name was Ganja. So you can imagine what was going on with the people that owned this dog. But... Reality is, it was a Rottweiler, and it was friendly, but it was, and I'm not exaggerating, 175 pounds. I was not 175 pounds then. Put on a little bit of weight since college. Don't kill me for it. It's been a long time. But in any event, there's a 175-pound dog. I don't know if his dog's 175, but Rottweilers can be huge. Listen, I mean... I know Rottweiler, there'll be Rottweiler defenders out there. Oh, no, it depends on uh, if you breed them to do that or you train them to do that. Listen, it's in their blood. You don't know if they're going to attack. Uh, it's funny. You, know, you, you, I, and Rich Star, someone else, we, we were talking before he came on about dogs, about bringing one into the family. And my wife and I came very close about a couple of weeks ago. Somebody wanted us to uh, foster, adopt uh, a pit bull terrier. And I told my wife, you know, if it was just a straight terrier, yeah, I probably would do it. You know, but a pit bull terrier, you just don't know. And if anything happens to uh, one of our kids or somebody else, this is our fault. Because we knew it was a pit bull terrier. We knew there's a chance this could happen here. If a straight terrier, I probably would have adopted the thing. But I, because it had pit bull in it, I wasn't doing it because I don't want to be responsible if something like this happens, where the thing attacks somebody. So, listen, Ezekiel has to be smarter about this. Once again, I don't think this is anything he did purposely or anything like that, or he meant to, for this lady to be harmed. But... He wasn't smart about it. Assuming the story is true, we don't know. Maybe she wasn't wasn't supposed to be there. She came when she wasn't supposed to be. We don't know yet. But uh, this is just another bad look for Zeke. Yeah, it's always in, it's always on the news for something silly. It's just look, I I can't 
we don't know these people. Can't talk sense into them. Sometimes it seems like I'm being a curmudgeon, or you are. But like, come on, man. How many times we've got to go through this before before things are sorted out, you where you're not in the lesson? news for anything other than your play? When, did, when are you going to learn your life lesson? I mean, I mean, really. At, at this point, when? He ain't there yet, dude. He ain't, no, he ain't there. Not. So um, anyway, hope she recovers. So we want to do a couple of props before this is over. So we're going to start with the NFL coach of the year odds going into the year. It isn't one that I say I bet on regularly, but let's take a look at these odds for the 2020-2021 season. And I, you get the coach of the year award based on the regular season. They don't account for postseason, just so everybody knows that. Um, Bill Belichick, shortest odds at plus 1,200. Um, I would imagine he's got the shortest odds this year because Brady's gone. People are assuming, ah, they'll still get to 10 wins. Bill looks like a genius because no Tom Brady still won 10 games, just like he did with Matt Castle when they went 11-5. and five. Uh, First, only 11-5 and five team ever in NFL history did not make the playoffs, I would add. So uh, Mike McCarthy at plus 1,200. Uh, <laughs> nice transition from Zeke to Mike McCarthy. Bruce Arians at plus 1,400. Wow. He's spectacularly a great coach again because Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski showed up. That'll be a fun bet. Frank Reich at plus 1,400. Uh, assumption there that the Colts would win that division. Cliff Kingsbury, plus 1,800. That's kind of piquing my interest a little bit. I don't know because him and Todd. I, I, would, I'm gonna, I can't go that far in on the Cardinals. I already have Kyler winning the uh, Offensive Player of the Year. I can't have Cliff Kingsbury uh, winning Coach of the Year, too, although... Maybe those are good. the odds aren't long enough. Eighteen to one. Sean McDermott at plus eighteen hundred. That'd be uh, Bill's love. Kevin Stefanski. Good luck. Plus two thousand. Turning the Browns around. Kyle Shanahan at plus two thousand. Mike Vrabel plus two thousand. Andy Reid plus twenty two hundred. Harbaugh, Peyton, Flores, Fangio, Mike Tomlin all the way down at plus twenty six hundred. People probably wouldn't attribute the success to him, right? It would be to the next category that we're going to do comeback player of the year. But uh, I threw all those out there. Who do you think is prime to say people really look fond- will look on the season fondly or the coach fondly because of the success that they will potentially have? Tomlin probably gets screwed a little bit because, he, listen, if the Steelers would have made the playoffs last year, he should have won that hands down. I agree. That. Uh, now, speaking of screwed, Belichick has probably gotten screwed all through the years because it's the Patriots. They were so great. People got tired of voting. Yeah, like, oh, you got Tom Brady. Yeah. Exactly. But you know what? If they make the playoffs this year, if they get home field or any kind of buy, forget it. He wins the award hands down if he's doing it with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. I'll give him I'll, – I'll put it together and they mail it to him. He, he would deserve the so, award here. So no buy, they win the division. Belichick gets it. They beat the Bills. Belichick gets it. Yes? I get How many wins? 11 and 5. 11 and 5 in the division? He'd have to be up there. I would need to see, make sure someone else didn't go historical, go 14 and 2, something like that. But he'd have to be up there. And I'd, uh, I'd be impressed because I don't think they're that good a team. You know how I feel six. about them. Probably not. I think some of the 12, 13 wins hard. But I, I don't think he'd win that. Not in the, the landscape. People still think, uh, you know, it's Bill Belichick and he'll get sort of hurt because they think he's Bill Belichick. It's also why I think Arians has very little shot. He goes, up. Oh, you want, you want, you made the wild card? Well, you got Tom Brady. You didn't do anything. You're Tom Brady. Yeah. So they're going to leave someplace else. I it's like Sean got, Payton. Yeah, I don't he's got to rip off 14. Shot. He's got to go a 14 right. and 2 to get that. Yeah, he's got to go historical. 
I don't wow. think Mike McCarthy has much of a shot with the Cowboys unless they get that top seed. What? You made the playoffs? Well, Jason Garrett made the playoffs a couple of times. What'd you do? Ten wins? Who cares? Garrett could have done that. I think because they're the Cowboys and because they weren't good last year, if they got the bye, I think McCarthy wins it. But I don't think yes, they're going to get the bye. I agree. If they get the bye, I'll give it to McCarthy. If the Bills can get a bye or get the – well, they might only, only be one bye this year. One bye, yeah. Right, so if they get a top two spot, though, McDermott will be in this conversation. Will have beaten Belichick and done better than either Baltimore or KC? I think he'll, they'll be in the conversation. I don't think Harbour or Reed has much of a chance unless they go bananas. We already what know that. What about Reich? I was getting to that. He yeah, has that's a my damn favorite one, good I shot. think, here. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with you there. Damn good shot. Houston's taking a step back. Tennessee's still a solid team. Indianapolis has all the pieces in place, assuming Rivers doesn't blow things up. They're going to win the division, in my opinion. I that's, agree. Well, that's how I feel now. It's my favorite over on the whole board, even though it's expensive right now. Uh, Frank Reich, getting them back to a division winner, using Phillip Rivers, no luck. He's dealt with all this Jacoby Brissett luck, all this stuff. To get them to win the division, if they go 11-5, and five, people are going to be like, damn, the Colts are pretty good. They're not as good as the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Like that's that's the story right. people will tell that's themselves. That's what they do. Oh, the Chiefs won so, the world. This is all about a story, by the way. The coach of the year is the most like you got to craft a story to see yeah. how you win. And last year we were going through it. We were talking about this. Like, well, if Tomlin gets to the playoffs, it'll be Tomlin. And uh, and then at the end, Vrabel pulls it out and he gets there. But the Niners are thirteen and three. If anybody wins the North other than the Packers or Vikings. You know, if the Bears or Lions can win the North, when I think that division's almost wide open, you know. Uh, it's really funny that you said that. It. It's funny that you said that because when I was looking at the long odds here, the one name that stood out to me, we didn't plan to talk about it in this way. The name that stood out to me of the long shots is Matt Patricia. Now, I don't think much of him as a head coach because why would I? But. I have said of all the last place teams from last year, the team that makes the most sense for me to win the division, a last to first, it's the Lions. So I think he's the best long odds there. So I, I think, all right, so we're sort of in agreement with uh, Reich there. we got two minutes left. Comeback player of the year. Got Roethlisberger, even at a heavy favorite, plus 250 to one. you got to take a shot there. Like, quarterback goes out there, throws 4,000. quarterback. 4,500 yards. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback coming to a very good team. He's he's the favorite going in. He's a heavy favorite going in. So things have to go wrong for him probably not to win this award. Unless people just hate him for the person he is. Correlate your be. bet. Matt Stafford at seven to one. Correlate your bet. Either thirty to one with Matt Patricia. Bet the Lions to make the playoffs. Bet the Lions to win the division. You're gonna be rolling in it. Well, that that my one of my best friends is a Lions fan. Would make him very happy. That ain't gonna happen. I'm sorry. No. No. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to move down the board a little bit. I want some longer odds. I'm just telling you, of the last place teams, listener, viewer, watcher of the show, the Lions are the only ones that kind of make sense. The Dolphins, eh. The Dolphins have a shot. I mean, the Cardinals, but it's such a tough division. That's They're not going to win the Cardinals. division. That would be right. insane. But anyway. 
So that's it. I uh, appreciate you watching uh, us on this weekend edition of Football Full Circle. On behalf of excellent producer Brian Rakowski and the guys behind the scenes like Chris Ventra, Pat Cassidy, and everybody else that make this show look as beautiful as it does. Uh, and George Kurtz and our former, our, our, our guest, Rich Manoa for this week. I appreciate you watching Football Full Circle. Get on the grid. We'll see you again next time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.